Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, everybody. It is officially draft season, day one of the NFL Combine. It's Combine week, which means that we're going to learn a lot, not just about these prospects, but a lot about what teams plan to do during the draft, during free agency, potential trades, a lot of stuff coming up from a lot of different teams. Jarrett Baylor, Kurt Hummus are with you. It's Laces Out. It's good to see you again, partner. How are, we do- how are we doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful because this is the first time that we're doing a mock draft, and we love draft season. Yeah. We love the NFL season, of course. We love the regular season. We love the Super Bowl. But there's just something about draft season and the trade rumors and the prospect breakdowns and it's just it, it gets me juiced and i'm very excited and i'm glad that your, your dog made an appearance behind us there um he always does yes. it's 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 going to be a a fun show we're, we're just gonna we're not doing a full first round you, you don't get that yet you gotta wait a little bit here but we're gonna break down from maybe one through ten here talk about maybe some of our favorite prospects maybe some surprise moves that maybe we could see happen because everything that happened at the senior bowl that's done that's over some guys got some serious hype. Some guys' draft stock exploded because of the Senior Bowl. Uh, some maybe on the opposite side. So, like you said, we, we will find out a lot uh, during the Combine in Indy in the coming days here. So I'm very excited um, for a few of my very favorite prospects. Yeah. Um, on the NFL, you know, the team side of things, we're learning a lot about uh, what certain teams feel about their quarterbacks. Most notable sort, uh, Colts GM Chris Ballard. I uh, was asked about Carson Wentz today, and the answer that he gave, Kurt, uh, pretty much signified what a lot of people already believed, and that was that uh, Carson Wentz was on his way out of Indianapolis after just one year. Uh, I'll have to pull up the official quote, uh, but basically, you know, he was asked, all right, how do you guys feel about Carson Wentz? And, uh, you know, Ballard said, we're going to do what's best for the Indianapolis Colts. That wasn't exactly a glowing uh, praise for Carson once, which kind of points to the fact that, you know, if they can find somebody that they prefer, they're going to go in that route. And uh, mm-hmm. whether it's releasing Carson Wentz or trading Carson Wentz, um, which based off that statement is going to make it a hell of a lot harder to trade him because they made it pretty clear that they don't want him, which is mm-hmm. going to drive his stock all the mm-hmm. way to the ground. So they might just have to cut him. In general, we'll find out what happens with that. But it seems for all intents and purposes, Carson Wentz is on his way out of Indianapolis. It, it is it is the time of the year where, you know, now we're starting to get some stuff to talk about now that draft season is rolling around. But sometimes people are just looking for things to talk about. And um, sometimes GMs throw us a little, a little bait out there and they say, here, have fun with this. And I, I think that's what the Colts are doing right now. And I... I don't know what side to be on. I don't know what to think yet on this whole Carson Wentz situation. I mean, it's not like, you know, you you signed him as a free agent and you brought him in and you tried to revitalize his career. You traded a first-round pick for this guy. It, It wasn't just a, you know, we'll try it out and hope to see it happens. This kind of needed to happen. Um they're they're a very close team, I believe. Uh they have a great head coach. They have some very good talent on both sides of the ball, and they they needed a quarterback. Uh, they couldn't do it with Phil Rivers. They couldn't do it with Carson Wentz. And now what are you going to do? Because this isn't one of those drafts where you – well, you don't even have a first-round pick, but it's not one of those drafts where you can draft a quarterback and have him be an immediate starter and an immediate impact player. There's not really too many out quarterbacks out there in the free agent market that you're going to be able to bring in. 
And Carson Wentz has a lot of money tied up at, uh, to him as well. So it will be interesting what the Colts plan to do here. Um, but it seems like this offseason is going to be a, uh, a season of a lot of moving pieces at the quarterback position. Uh, to uh, Field Yates tweeted out the official quote uh, earlier today. Uh, Colts GM Chris Ballard saying, and I quote, I don't have the direct answer for you. We're working through it. Ultimately, we'll do what's best for the Colts. That is on Carson Wentz's future <laughs> in Indianapolis. Not Carson Wentz cannot great. be feeling good. No, no. not at all. <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of what they could do, you know, you, you already mentioned they don't have a first-round pick. That was part of the Carson Wentz trade last year and mm-hmm. a big a reason why Philadelphia has three first-round picks as of right now. So that brings into the question, are they going to try to trade for somebody again, you know, back-to-back off-seasons? This is going to be their fourth quarterback in fourth years mm-hmm. if that's what they do because the year before that, it was Jacoby Brissett. Then they bring in Phillip Rivers, Wentz this past year, and it looks like they're going to have another new guy in here. Like For a team that's been pretty competitive in those years, the four quarterbacks yep. in four years, Kurt, like yep. that is astonishing. So, you know, that's going to start these rumors. Okay, who are they going to bring in? Because um, you look at how close they were. Hey, look, everybody's going to – you know me. I'm the – me and Dan Orlovsky. I think we're the two remaining Carson Wentz defenders on planet Earth. And definitely not Matt Perino. Definitely not Matt Perino, <laughs> which, which we can kind of get into here real quick because I do – I am a Carson Wentz guy. And you look mm-hmm. at his numbers and how he played throughout the year. Um, he wasn't asked to win them games very often, but 27 touchdowns to seven interceptions. He had a higher uh, QBR than Joe Burrow, higher passer rating than Josh Allen. This isn't me saying that he's better than either of those guys, but – his mistakes get magnified, and when he plays well, it goes largely ignored. Um, you look at how he played against Baltimore and that game where Lamar Jackson just went absolutely off, broke a lot of records, and uh, Baltimore came back to beat Indianapolis. Carson Wentz had arguably the best day of his career that game and was playing fantastic, and it gets brushed under the rug because the Colts' defense and their play calling kind of blew it for the uh, the Indianapolis Colts that game. They hold on to win that game. They're in the playoffs, and we're probably not having this conversation right now. Um, I, I think that's a big part of it is there's just a bad taste in everybody's mouth about that horrible loss in the final week of the year against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, the Colts win that game. They're in the playoffs. Everybody kind of wrote it off as a win. There was always that little hope of maybe the Jags will pull it off, and they did. And Carson Wentz did not look good. And I think that there's kind of just a bad taste, a sour taste in everybody's mouth um, thinking about just that game and making that the narrative for the entire season. Because like you said, he did have some good, he had some highlights from this past year. I don't think he was the entire reason that they were, that they missed the playoffs. I don't think he was the entire reason that they lost so many games, but he also had a a big hand in it. Um, he, He wasn't, he wasn't clutch when he needed to be. He wasn't, you know, the guy that they could rely on. And he definitely was not the MVP type player that we saw when he was in Philadelphia. Um, Can he get back to that? I'm not saying it's impossible, but I do think it's a stretch because now he's going to kind of have this narrative around him. And I don't, I don't know what team is going to want to take on that much money if they have to give up draft picks to get him. Um, But maybe, maybe some team, Maybe some team like your Pittsburgh Steelers just that, which Chris really, am I pointing here? Uh, it's backwards. That that team. Yes. Hopefully that, that team. team. That team right there, your Pittsburgh Steelers are in search of a quarterback. And maybe that quarterback comes in the first round of this draft. Um, 
But let's dive in. I, I, I wanna. I'm. I'm excited to do this. This mock draft. We can break down all the Carson Wentz talk that we want later on. Let's dive in to our first ever mock draft for this 2022 NFL draft. All right. So we'll do one through ten. Um, we'll, each of us can do our first five, and then we'll go from there. Um, number one, I've got Jacksonville taking Evan Neal, the left tackle out of okay. Alabama. Protection. I, I was going to say we'll. we'll uh, we might have to have some conversations if we disagree on some picks, but yeah, I do, that's have, fine. Evan, I do have Evan Neal going first overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. I mean, protect Trevor Lawrence. That's what it comes down to. Cam Robinson's a free agent. He hasn't exactly been what they wanted him to be when he was drafted out of Alabama. Um, so, you know, get somebody else in there to protect, to protect Trevor Lawrence. Um, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing for them right now is keeping him clean. They're building a damn good coaching staff uh, with Doug Peterson coming in. They've got talent on that side of the ball. Like LaVisca Chenault's very good. James Robinson's very good when Travis Etienne gets healthy. Like they've got guys on that side of the ball, but you got to protect your quarterback. Uh, number two, the Detroit Lions. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, the pass rusher out of Michigan. We've seen what a great pass rusher can do for certain teams. Miles Garrett has done it for Cleveland. Uh, TJ Watt helped revitalize the Steelers defense that for a few years was just plain out bad. Um, we're seeing what these with how important having an elite edge rusher is Aiden Hutchinson by all means looks like he can be a very good pass rusher at the NFL level um so he goes to Detroit at number two in my mock do you have who did you have Detroit taking I did have Aiden Hutchinson and uh right. you know I think that I mean this mo- or this draft is going to be so defensive and heavy yes. especially in the first round um these guys are just going to be flying off the board I mean you look at you look at the talent too, and Aiden Hutchinson, I do think, is the best edge rusher. Um, he he might even be the best player in this draft. But for needs wise, I don't think Jacksonville needs to go defensive end. Um, their defense was okay. They still have Josh Allen on defense, who's very good linebacker for them. Um, Detroit makes a lot of sense. I will say, Detroit is a very interesting team in this first round to me because they're sitting at number two. I think they said that they're open to offers. They're open to trading around, maybe moving around. I wouldn't be totally surprised if we see a team like Detroit get a King's ransom for that second pick, move back, you know, maybe around 10 ish around there. And they draft a quarterback. Um, I think that they're searching for a quarterback. They have Jared Goff. They know that he's not the answer. They didn't trade for him thinking he was the answer. Um, I think Detroit holds a lot of cards in this draft. Uh, obviously they have two first round picks, but I wouldn't be totally surprised if we see them move out of the first round or, or out of the second pick, uh, if that deal presents itself. But for now, I, I don't have any trades in my mock right now, but I do have them going Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's the most NFL ready defensive end out of all these great defensive ends that are in this draft. Um, and he'll come in and just be an immediate impact player for Dan Campbell. Yeah, we'll see if they do decide to move out of that number two spot. Number three, the Houston Texans taking uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, another great edge rusher out of Oregon. He was the consensus number one overall pick coming into this year. And then obviously Aiden Hutchinson had a really good year. Um, and Jacksonville just needs a, a tackle more than they need an edge presence. So uh, Kayvon Thibodeau going to Houston, a team that really needs help all over the board. Um, so kind of taking a BPA at that point. Um, okay. You can I, kind of. I, well, this is our first disagreement here. Um, okay. What do you got Houston doing here? I do like Kayvon Thibodeau a lot. Um, I do. And I think that, you know, what I said about Aiden Hutchinson, him being the most NFL-ready defensive end, I think Kayvon Thibodeau could be the best defensive end 
but I don't think he's there yet. Um, I, I do think that he's he's an insanely talented. He's a big body, long arm, athletic guy on the edge, um, and he's great. But I kind of like Kyle Hamilton a little bit more on this spot. I do. Uh, he, like you said, it. Houston needs everything. Houston needs every position that you could ever need. Um, and why not go get a safety? Why not go get that quarterback for the defense that can be in the backfield or sorry, be in the, the secondary of the defense and kind of control everything. They need a guy that's going to be an elite player on that defense. Um, they really do not have any elite talent on that team. And, you know, Kyle Hamilton is one of those players that I think is going to come in and be a great, great player right off the bat. Um, you know, there's really not much going on in that Houston defense, especially in the secondary. Uh, you know, reading, looking through it right here, Desmond King, Eric Murray, Justin Reed, and Terrence Mitchell. You need that star. You need that stud player in that secondary, especially when you have a young team like that. So I do have Kyle Hamilton going number three overall to Houston, but I do have Kayvon Thibodeau going number four to the Jets. And you mentioned uh, Desmond King. He's scheduled to be a free agent this year, too. So, you know, mm -hmm. he could also not be back. Um, I have Kyle Hamilton going for now. I am hesitant to do this because the Jets just took a safety. Uh, in the top five a few years ago, and then they traded him away. <laughs> so it's not as if, like, it seems kind of redundant for them to do this. Like, they could do a medley of different things. Like, they can go linebacker if they wanted to maybe reach a little bit for a guy like Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Uh, they could just go offensive line again. Like, their offensive line's gotten a lot better, but it dealt with a lot of injuries last year. Zach Wilson uh, you know, was the, uh, uh, the recipient of a lot of extra added pressure uh, from defensive front sevens because of that. So if they wanted to go, you know, uh, another interior presence uh, just to really, really just beef up that offensive line that they've really put a lot of effort into improving the past few years, they could also do that. If they wanted to go receiver in this spot, I mean, they've got two picks in the in the top 10. If they want to use one of them on, on a receiver there, I wouldn't question it. They need help for Zach Wilson at that spot too. Um, but defensively, I mean, uh, the, the fact that they're likely going to lose Marcus May uh, they're going to need somebody to replace that production on the back end. So Kyle Hampton, best safety in this class. I have him going there for now. That's probably subject to change. I, like I said, I do have Kayvon Thibodeau going to the Jets there. I think that's the best case scenario for that team. Um, that team is, they're like Houston. They have a lot of problems. Uh, they need a lot of help. So uh, go out there, get the best player available. And if he goes in there, that's a huge, huge upgrade for that team. Um, like you said, they, they could go offensive line to help their young quarterback, but I don't really think they need to. They they did deal with a lot of injuries last year with Mekhi Becton, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, who they drafted as well, Connor McGovern. I mean, they have some good players on that offensive line. I think if they stay healthy, I think if they kind of mesh and, and get that chemistry down, they should be okay. Um, I, I just think they need defense. They need defense very badly. I mean, we saw Carl Lawson go down last, uh, last year with an injury, missed the year. They still have Quinn and Williams. You have Quinn and Williams on that defensive line. You get Carl Lawson back and you add Kayvon Thibodeau. That's a pretty def decent defensive line. So um, I think, like I said, this is the best case scenario for the Jets that Thibodeau falls just a couple picks and falls right on their way. I want to be a bad pick whatsoever for them. Um, you know, God knows they need a little bit of help in the front seven. Uh, number five, the New York Giants. They've got two picks uh, in the top ten. They're going to use both of them on offensive line. I have them taking Kenyon Green, the guard out of Texas A&M. Giants are the worst offensive line in football. That's been the case for the past few years. Like We can bash on Daniel Jones all you want. He's been fine, mm -hmm. relatively speaking. His offensive line's been terrible. The Giants dealt with a plethora of injuries all over uh, the offensive side of the ball last year, Daniel Jones included, in large part because his offensive line is god-awful. 
So they need to do a complete overhaul uh, on that unit. Getting Kenyon Green at guard would be a, fr- a good start in that. Uh, and then they have uh, pick number seven as well. So uh, I think they'll go offensive line with both of them. They get the best interior presence uh, on the board at number five. I have them going offensive line as well, but I have them going Iki Aquanu, uh, a absolute monster on that offensive line that I think is his his draft his draft stock has, has risen. Um, you know, I, I remember when the whole draft season started rolling around. He was maybe end of the first round, and now we're we're seeing him kind of get get the praise that he deserves. Um, you know, he's 6'4", 320 pounds, and this guy runs like a gazelle. I mean, he's he's very athletic, and it's exactly what the Giants need because you said it. I mean, the Giants just – for years, for years, that offensive line has been so bad, and they drafted Andrew Thomas in the top five a few years back. That hasn't really worked out too well, so they, they need to bring in more talent. If, if you're going to give Daniel Jones a fair shot, you need to give him an offensive line. You need to give Saquon Barkley an offensive line. If he's going to be there, maybe he'll get traded. We don't know. But um, that's behind the quarterback position. The offensive line is the second most uh, important position group on an NFL team. So get those guys, get those immovable forces on the offensive line and help your damn quarterback because he is struggling out there. All right. I do have a trade at number six. And you know what? I'm going to trades. I didn't make trades. Okay. Go ahead. This is one that you know very well because I stole it from you. Uh, a, a year in advance. Uh, if the Deshaun Watson situation gets cleared up, Carolina sitting there at number six, uh, I think that we could see a situation uh, where Carolina makes a move for Watson and a package that includes Christian McCaffrey, who's dealt with injuries the past two seasons. Uh, so the Panthers send a package that includes the sixth overall pick and Christian McCaffrey to get Deshaun Watson. Uh, which leaves uh, the Houston Texans with now two picks in the top 10. They get Andrew Booth Jr., the cornerback out of Clemson. They need help in the secondary. We pointed that out already. They need a lot of help on that side of the ball. If they wanted to, they could go receiver here. But, I mean, receiver is becoming another one of those positions. They're a dime a dozen. There's going to be talent throughout the draft at that position. If they want to do it in the second round, they can do it there with a guy like Jahan Dotson from Penn State, Christian Watson from uh, North Dakota State. They're going to have plenty plenty of options later on in the draft. I think you get as much defensive help as you can at key positions too. I mean, edge rusher and cornerback, uh, if you can get two guys in the top 10 that help out your defense and end up being good, then it'll be well worth it. Sean Watson isn't going to be there. Get what you can for him. And uh, I mean, maybe go forward with Davis Mills this year. I mean, he played well enough to at least, you know, compete for the starting job in camp. We'll see what they do at quarterback. But if they do move off from Watson in a trade like this, I don't think they're going to take a quarterback at six. Um, it's just not worth doing right now with the, with this quarterback class. But you get two key, hopefully key defensive players for the foreseeable future uh, for Houston. And uh, the whole Deshaun Watson saga, at least on their end, ends. Um, and they can move on from that and get two, like I said, in their case, two hopefully really solid guys that can uh, be focal points of their defense for the next you know five to seven years. Okay, I, I like that my my trade from last year is resonating so well with you. Because it is. It, it is. It is fun. It's it's interesting to think about because Christian McCaffrey is possibly on the trade block, and Carolina is looking to move him. Uh, he's dealt with some injuries, but when he's healthy, probably the best running back in football. So. Interesting thing to keep an eye on there. I unfortunately did not do any trades in my mock draft yet. Uh, that will be that will come in the future here. But so I still have Carolina sitting at the sixth spot, and this is interesting because 
everybody knows the quarterback position. It's just not it in this draft. But some teams are going to get so desperate. It's quarterback. Everybody wants a quarterback. Everybody needs a quarterback. Teams are going to get desperate. Teams are going to say, let's just throw it out there and try it out. We need a quarterback. Um, we had Cam Newton. They still do have Cam Newton. But they, we had Cam Newton. That didn't work. We brought in Sam Darnold. That doesn't work. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't work. What are we going to do here? We still have Sam Darnold under contract. We still have Cam Newton in here. Let's bring in Malik Willis. Um, I, to me, he is so, so interesting because this guy could be so good, but he's so raw. He just He's not going to come in. He's not going to play right now. Um, maybe if Carolina drafts him, they, they just start him because why not? What do you have to lose? But I, I will say, my, earlier when I mentioned Detroit maybe moving back, I want Malik Willis to go to Detroit. I think that is the perfect fit. He can sit behind uh, Jared Goff because you're not going to sit a, what, however much $25 million quarterback on the bench. Yeah. He's going to start. It forces you to start him, sit Malik Willis, let him learn. And he's just a big question mark, but a very interesting question mark. Um, so for this case, I think Carolina does go quarterback because they need a quarterback. Sam Darnold's not the answer. Cam Newton's not the answer. Try one of these guys. Just why not? Um, we don't. I don't think anybody really knows which quarterback's going to be the best one because they could all suck. We don't know. Um, we don't know about any of these prospects. That's how the draft goes. But I do have them taking Malik Willis here with with the sixth pick and uh, starting the, the quarterback controversy already. Hell of a great analysis review on that end, by the way. Uh, who knows? They could all suck. I like it. It's great. It's great. <laughs> that's dra- that's the draft. We all love it, but these all, it all these guys could not pan out whatsoever. So Exactly. That's why uh, we love it. So that's like this is number seven, the New York Giants. I also have them taking uh, Icky Aquan, Aquan, Aquan New. It's a tongue twister. It is like a tongue it, twister. Yes, I, nice do have, I do have the big tackle from North Carolina State going to New York, though. Two really good offensive linemen that the Giants really need right now. Uh, have him going there at number seven. So we both have him going to the Giants just you know two picks apart. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have the Giants going on the defensive side of the ball. And... I'll give you a reason why, because they have all new management. They got Brian Dable coming in as their head coach. They now have Joe Shane as their GM. And I think that they're kind of going to make it their own. Um, it's kind of similar when, when they came into Buffalo, uh, when that whole regime started. There's a lot of big contracts in there, a lot of kind of bigger star name guys that, yeah, we don't really want. We don't want Ronald Darby. We'll trade him. We don't want Sammy Watkins. We'll trade him. Uh, they got James Bradbury. They got a Dory Jackson. Those are some pretty big names, um, pretty big contracts, I should say, on the defensive side of the ball in the secondary. So I think that they might look to trade one of those guys. And if they do, I think they draft uh, Derek Stingley. I think that he's he's a questionable but also very high potential cornerback in this draft. Um, I think this draft is very good for the secondary, for teams that need secondary help. This is a good draft to find them. Um, Stingley, he can kind of come in there, even if you keep a guy like James Bradbury, to kind of mentor, maybe be the number two guy behind one of those guys. Um, and if you can get offensive line and quarterback, that the those are two very nice picks to have in the top ten. Yeah, no, I mean, if they decide to go secondary, um, you know, a lot of question marks around it. You know, is James Bradbury going to be back in New York? Um, so, I mean, that's not a horrible pick whatsoever for them either at number seven. 
Number eight for the Atlanta Falcons, I have them taking edge rusher George Karlaf. Tis. Yes. I can't say <laughs> There's a lot of great names, names in this draft. I yes. Love it. Yeah. Another Big Ten edge rusher. You know, we've saw it with Hutchinson earlier. Uh, Karlaftis now out of Purdue. For Atlanta, I mean, A.J. Terrell was a great, you know, great story for them last year. You know, we really rose in the ranks of uh, cornerbacks around the NFL. They still need that presence uh, off the edge. Like Grady Jarrett's solid. Um, their front seven is, you know, Deion Jones is still there. They really just need this like breakout edge rusher. I think that Karlaftis can be that. Uh, again, the value of a young, talented edge rusher is going through the roof right now around the NFL. Um, so if they can do that, if they can get him and he pans out, like Atlanta, I feel like Atlanta's been rebuilding their defense for the past like five years and it just <laughs> hasn't panned out. So if if he can if he turns out to play well, turns out to be a really solid edge rusher, then you know, I think that's a really a good a feather in the cap of Atlanta for finally being able to get somebody uh, on that portion of the defense that can really make an impact. Mm-hmm. I, I have them going defense as well. This is another team like Houston where they just need everything. Um, besides maybe wide receiver, uh, they don't really. They need to draft everybody. So I have them going defense, and I have them going edge rusher. I have them going Trayvon Walker. Um, it's behind the top two guys behind Thibodeau and Hutchinson. It's interesting because there's so many good players. There's such great talent there, but it's kind of tough to weed out who that number three guy is, who that number four or five, six guy is. So um, I, I think that if you stick a guy like Walker from Georgia in that defense with Grady Jarrett and, like you said, A.J. Terrell, that's those are some nice pieces to build around. They still need a lot more, obviously, but – Get a big body guy on the edge. Uh, Grady Jarrett is maybe one of the most underrated players on the defensive side, at least in football. Um, He's been consistently good on a very bad Atlanta team for a little bit. So add some defensive help there. Give at least a guy like Grady Jarrett some help. And a guy like Trayvon Walker could come in there and, and do pretty well, I think, in his first year. All right. Trade number two in my top 10. Um, okay. I do have the Denver Broncos trading number nine overall pick to the Seattle Seahawks in a package for Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson will be calling Denver home. Seattle Seahawks need a quarterback, which means that they will be the ones who take Malik Willis out of Liberty. Uh, So we both have him being the first quarterback off the board. And you know what? I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on all these quarterbacks, uh, but our friend Thor Nystrom is so high on Malik Willis. It's his favorite quarterback of the draft. He's banged the table that he is QB one in this draft. And look, he has a raw talent, but he's got a ginormous arm. He's very athletic. Uh, can run around and make plays with his feet. Like if for the modern NFL, what it's become, he seems to to be the prototype or somebody you can mold into being, you know, somewhat like a Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, some someone like that. And he his arm is very big, um, and that's something that he does have um, on a guy like a Lamar Jackson who. You know, for all his uh, incredible athleticism and ability, uh, there's been question marks about, you know, uh, his arm talent. So Willis, if he can kind of if he can develop some consistency with his arm, um, along with making plays with his feet. You know, I think that Seattle can uh, get their guy for the future and kind of just embrace the fact that they are you know, going to be going through this mini rebuild. Um, And if if Russell Wilson's going to be gone, um, you know, Denver, it seems as it seems as if Aaron Rodgers is going to be staying in Green Bay. 
the opinion on that changes by the day, by the <laughs> hour, really. By the hour, uh, yeah. <clears throat> but um, by the time we finish this podcast, there will be another rumor about him. So if if they can't, you know, reunite Nathaniel Hackett with Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson is the next best option and make a move to get him. And automatically, I mean, now we've got Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Russell Wilson in the same division. That's going to be a hell of a 2022 season. And uh, Denver you know, becomes an immediate threat in the AFC. Okay. Interesting. I like that. Um, and to kind of go off your Malik Willis point too, I think that a lot of teams in the league are maybe moving towards drafting just athleticism instead of maybe college stats or, or accolades that they've had so far because – we see guys like Josh Allen. We see guys like DK Metcalf who maybe came in, you know, Allen throughout college, Metcalf even just in the combine. There was question marks about these guys and whether their talent would would turn over into the NFL. And people kind of overlook just the freak athleticism that these guys have. And to be a professional athlete, you just need that freak athleticism and that it factor that not everybody has. So – for a guy like Malik Willis, I think that could kind of be the determining factor for a lot of these teams is just drafting. Look at this guy. I mean, he has an absolute cannon of an arm, and that's exactly what you want in a quarterback. You want an athletic guy. That's what the league is moving towards. So um, that's why I do I do think that Malik Willis will be the first quarterback off this uh, draft board. But for the ninth pick here, I do have quarterback going again. I don't have any trades, like I said, so Denver is going quarterback. And who do you go with? Because the the top guy um, is, is off the board in my mock draft. Do you go Matt Corral? Do you go Kenny Pickett? Do you go Sam Howell? I have him going with the pit boy. I have him going with Kenny Pickett, and he, he's going to Denver. Um, I think John Elway gets his guy, maybe. Maybe, I say, because we don't really know about any of these quarterbacks, like I said. They could all suck. So Denver just needs a quarterback. Um, if they if they don't pull off the big trade, if they don't trade for Aaron Rodgers, if they don't trade for Russell Wilson, they need to draft somebody because that's. I think it's enough of these kind of stopgap guys like a Teddy Bridgewater that you just plug in and you hope can win you some games. Um, I think they kind of need to take a chance on a quarterback here and hope that it pays off big. And if it doesn't, you try again. So I have Kenny Pickett going to Denver, number nine overall. Denver fans are going to be so angry if that happens. <laughs> so angry. We, what else are they going to do? What else, what else is Denver going to do? Are well, they going to ride into the season with Der- with Drew Locke? I mean, they need if I don't know if they're going to pull off the huge trade with That's that's the thing though. I think that they are. I think that the okay. overall consensus is that it's going to be somebody. If it's not going to be yeah. if it's not going to be Rodgers, it'll be Wilson. If it's not going to be Wilson, maybe they make a move for Kyler Murray. If it's not going to be Kyler Murray, maybe they give Kirk Cousins a call. It's going to be okay. somebody. So, so you think they're just going all in. You don't think that they're going to yes. try this, re- not rebuild, but build through the draft kind of process. No, because their defense is too good to waste mm-hmm. right now. Um, you, know, I, I, you know me. I have a man crush on, on the Denver Broncos because I, I yeah. think that they're extremely close. I really and do. It's, and, and it's not even just their defense. Like You look at their skill position, yeah. guys. They got K.J. Hamler. They got Tim Patrick. They got Cortland Sutton. They got Jerry Judy. They got a really good running back. Um, they've got an offensive line that's improved vastly. Like They are quite literally a quarterback away. Yes. Now, and if they can't get any of those guys I just mentioned – Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo emerges as a dark horse to go to Denver because you look at what he's been able to do with a complete roster in San Francisco. I think that Denver's roster right now is better than what San Francisco had this year. Like now, granted, it's 
a completely different animal in the AFC because in the NFC, exactly. you don't got to deal with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. That, that's what you, cause that's what you said earlier. I mean, it all comes down to, you're going to have to play Patrick Mahomes twice. Yes. You're going to have to play Justin Herbert twice. You're going to have to play Derek Carr twice. I mean, that is a fierce division. And I, I wouldn't want to roll out Kenny Pickett as my starting quarterback in week one. Uh, if you're facing who, uh, Justin Herbert, you know, you're going to need that star powered talent. Um, so you better go out and make that big trade. Um, and the, but I promise, and, I promise my next mock draft will have trades. And the good thing about Denver's roster though, too, is that they can afford to give up a player too in a, in a package. Like the fact that they're so deep at receiver, they could honestly afford to trade a guy like Jerry Judy if they wanted to get somebody. I don't know. You think Jerry Judy's I kind do. of emerging as the number one there. Corbin Sutton's maybe taking a back seat. Sure. Yeah. And that's fine. But, you know, also they can, I mean, he's been there for a couple of years. They can also just draft another guy. Like, I, and I'm not saying that Jerry Drew is just another guy, but it's a dime a dozen at this point in the NFL when it comes to receiver. And especially because they got four deep right now, they can plug in another if, guy. If you're, if you're getting, ones. if you're getting the quarterback, I think it's worth it, but you have to be, you have to be damn sure that you're getting the quarterback. Or so. hell, maybe, maybe they, if Deshaun Watson, his situation gets cleared up, maybe they get him. Like, I think it is going to be somebody, an established veteran that can win now with them. I'd be very shocked if they don't get somebody. Okay. All right. I, I think, like I said, to start the show, I think this this offseason is going to be uh, a quarterback carousel. But before we get to our 10th pick and finish up our mock draft here, I do want to give a word from our wonderful sponsors at MMG Industrial. Uh, they are a production and machining shop located in South Buffalo, right in my backyard. Uh, they are uniquely suited to meet your machining needs. They have several milling and turning machine centers, an in-house quality control lab, and the flexibility of multi-shift staffing and competitive rates. Uh, they can meet all your needs in a very timely manner. And they're also hiring. They're looking for experienced CNC machinists and programmers. So if that is you, please give them a call today at 716-939-2114 or visit them online at mmgindustrial.com. Yes, love our sponsors. They support us. And uh, if you're in the Buffalo area, Kurt knows more about these these guys than I do, you know, being from the Buffalo area. But yes, right in my backyard. Thank, yes, thank you so much to our sponsors. It means a lot to us to have uh, the support of them. So thank you very much for the support that, uh, that you give us. Um, now, number 10 in the draft, New York Jets again at number 10. Uh, I kind of hinted at this earlier, um, them taking a receiver. I think they're gonna Garrett Wilson, Ohio State. Um, again, very much subjected to change for all the reasons I've pointed out already about the receivers in this class. It seems like every year receivers just a premium. You can get them whenever. Uh, Garrett Wilson's very good though. I mean, we saw him show out in the bowl game uh, for Ohio State. Uh, he had a fantastic year uh, with C.J. Stroud at quarterback for Ohio State. Uh, Zach Wilson needs some toys, is what I'm noticing. Um, you know, they drafted Denzel Mims a few years ago. Hasn't really panned out. They're still trying to figure out. Like, they didn't, they didn't want to put him on the field for a while. Um, you know, Jameson Crowder's a fine slot receiver. Uh, they drafted Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss, who really turned it up uh, at the tail end of the year, which is exciting to see. Uh, they had Braxton Berrios. <laughs> he helped me in a bet that I made as an anytime touchdown nice. score. That was neat. Um, but no disrespect to Braxton Barrios, but he's probably better suited as, you know, a, a fifth receiver on the depth chart, maybe a return guy, not somebody you want as an every down receiver. 
I think, you know, the best thing for the Jets right now offensively, you know, they've got a solid offensive line. Michael Carter's, you know, shown that he can be a good running back when healthy. Uh, get Zach Wilson a reliable go-to receiver, which isn't exactly something that he has right now. So Elijah Moore, like I said, he's emerging as somebody who's very good. Uh, if you can put, you know, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, you plug in guys uh, like a Denzel Mims, a Keelan Cole. Like, I mean, they've got, that would give them at least a solid core receiver. It's not anything great, but, you know, it's a young up-and-coming group that could, uh, that could grow together. Now, don't forget they do have Corey Davis, but uh, yes, they they also have just had so many injuries. Um, the Jets just, you know, we we mentioned on the offensive line, Elijah Moore was hurt a lot last year. Corey Davis was hurt a lot last year. Uh, Jamison Crowder missed almost the whole year, I believe. They missed so a lot of time. They they've had so many injuries, um, which is why I think that they they're okay with their offense for now. Um, I do have them. Double dipping on defense. I ha- I had them drafting Kayvon Thibodeau if he falls to them at number four. And I do have them addressing the secondary uh, with their 10th pick. Maybe the best name in this draft, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Um, I love it. The draft, draft to help that secondary because God knows it needs help. You were the third worst ranked uh, secondary – or sorry, third worst ranked pass defense in the NFL last year. Get some help there. Um, they, you know you need more than just that, but you add that with a decent defensive line, like I said earlier, with Carl Lawson, Quinn and Williams, and Kayvon Thibodeau, you're looking okay. You got Marcus May back there still. You got Ashton Davis. You can build. Um, you're getting closer there. Like I said, I think they just have so many injuries on offense. We don't really know what they can be yet. So, Help, the, help your quarterback by helping your defense. Um, so I think that the Jets double dip on defense there and go edge rusher and corner in the first round. Which wouldn't be a bad idea whatsoever either. Um, so the Jets need a lot of help on that side of the ball. Could use a little bit of help at receiver too. So, yeah, that's our first uh, one through ten mock. We'll get full ones as we get closer to draft season. Next month, Kurt. My God. Oof, my gosh, time flies, doesn't it? Um before we before we head out on this wonderful Tuesday, is it Tuesday? Tuesday night. Yes, um, Tuesday. I do want to know your draft crush because I know that last year you had a bunch of guys. You saw a bunch of them at the Senior Bowl, <laughs> and you had your guys that you really, really loved. Who's your one guy? Not even for your Steelers, just or also maybe for your Steelers too, but the one guy that you really love. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, Penn State safety. Okay. He's fantastic. Uh, All right. If you go back and watch the uh, week one game against Wisconsin, it was so he he gets hurt early on in the game, comes back like they show him on the sidelines. He's like on the exercise bike. He looks like he's miserable. He comes back in. He becomes the Swiss Army knife for their secondary. They put him in the slot. They put him back deep. Gets the game winning interception at the end. That was basically him in a nutshell. Is that in that Wisconsin game? Uh, you can plug him in all over the defense. He can come in in sub packages. He can play nickel. Uh, he can play uh, predominantly uh, maybe like a, a nickel dime sub package. It's going to be somebody you can plug in all over the defense. Love Jaquan Brisker. Um, bias as a Penn State fan, I, lo- I watched a lot more of him than just about anybody. Same thing with like Jahan Dotson. I love Jahan Dotson. I think he's going to be a yep. fantastic uh, pick. It's going to be late first, early second for Jahan Dotson. Um, so those are my two draft crushes. Like I said, being a Penn State guy, I watch a lot more of them than just about anybody else. I'm not going to pretend to be a ginormous college football aficionado <laughs> like some of our friends uh, in the industry yes. are. Um, but 
Uh, Bailey Zapp as well, the quarterback from uh, Western Kentucky. Um, okay. He, yeah. I started watching Is it because he has your last name? Um, I mean, that's kind of why I started watching him. <laughs> but uh, uh, Chrissy Freud, she uh, ah, from the Draft okay. Network, phenomenal work. Uh, I think she put something about him on one of the pieces that she did. So I started watching some stuff on him. And okay. uh, he could be one of these mid-round, you know, fourth-round, fifth-round quarterbacks that, uh, you know, he could end up having a Taylor Heineke-like trajectory if you know he is in a system where quarterback gets hurt he can run around he can make plays with his feet he's got it doesn't have a ginormous arm um but you look at his stats i mean he lit up uh whatever conference western kentucky plays in <laughs> i couldn't tell you off the top of my head i don't know but um as far as my draft crushes uh i have two i'll give you one on each side of the ball here on the offensive side of the ball drake london is just great name he's, Great name, too. Like I said, there's so many great names in this draft. But Drake London standing 6'5", 210 for a wide receiver from USC. And this guy just flies. And he's got the big body. He can one-on-one coverage. He, he takes you down. I mean, Drake London is one of these guys where I could see going in the top 10, but I could also see him falling to, you know, 25 to the Bills. Um, there's just... There's some question marks with this guy that I think are going to kind of scare away some teams, but I think there's going to be a lot of second. There's going to be a lot of very, very good to great wide receivers in this second round. This just seems like this draft where there's so many good wide receivers. The teams are just going to kind of push it off until the end. And it's just going to fall into the second, third round. And there's going to be some real steals there. So Drake London is a guy to keep an eye on. But my number one draft crush, who I hope, I hope and pray. I, I say my prayers before bed every night that he falls to my bills at 25. The grizzly bear in cleats, Mr. Jordan Davis from Georgia. Um, this guy is a absolute monster. Um, he's standing at 6'6", 350 pounds, and this guy is quick. Um, if you haven't watched film on him, if you haven't even just watched highlights on him, I advise you to do so because it is very fun to watch. And there's a lot of question marks with him. You know, he's only a two-down guy at Georgia. Is he going to translate well to uh, the NFL? I I just think that if you slot him into this Bills defense right now with kind of the way they run this defensive line where they rotate guys in and out, you put him next to Ed Oliver, you stick him next to Greg Russo on the outside, that's going to be really fun to watch. So Jordan Davis um, is my, my number one draft crush for sure. Well, I mean, if the Bills draft this year like they did last year, he'll be there. Apparently, they love tall mm-hmm. defensive guys. So you know they do. They love the freak athletes, and uh, that's, I, I would not expect that to change anytime soon. If I could give you my dream scenario for Pittsburgh, it's some iteration of acquiring Carson Wentz and or Kirk Cousins. Well, not and or or Kirk. Don't don't get and yeah, Kirk get Cousins. Both, Just, get please. both of them. To hell with it. What the hell? Why not? Um, you'd, you'd have $60 million wrapped up in the quarterback. Yeah, no, that would take up all of their cap space that they have. So, okay, so Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz, <laughs> okay. um, which means that they would have to give up. And the and the hypothetical I gave, it would be a second and – no, what was it? A third and a sixth this year and a second, a fifth, and a fourth next year with the possibility of the fourth becoming a third. It could very well take a first-round pick next year to get him, which, honestly, I'm kind of okay with. Wow. Um, uh, okay. I, I'm big on Kirk Cousins. I, I really am. Are, yes. I, I think I rank I'm not, him. I'm not down on him, but I just – a first-round pick for 
a guy is what how old is Kirk Cousins? I don't even uh 34. Let me look. I want to say 34. Is, he's currently 33. Ah, okay. His so birthday's two days before mine. The more you know. Um but, so yes, if if you're gonna draft the or you're gonna trade a first round pick for a 33-year-old quarterback who's probably past his prime. Past his bold. prime, sir. Here, let me let me point this out to you. You, hey. you don't think he's at his prime yet? I think he's still in the midst of it. He's at six of his past seven seasons, he's thrown for 4,000 yards. And in back-to-back seasons, he's thrown for north of 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. And he's coming off for 30 touchdowns. Sorry. And he's coming off a year in which he threw, I believe, 33 touchdowns to only seven interceptions. Let me pull that up just to be completely just sure. Hey, you know stats like the back of your hand. That's impressive. well. I've I've um, come I've come back at a lot of people on Twitter enough about <laughs> this. Where all right, so 2020, 35 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 4,200 yards, and a passer rating of 105. Last year, 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, passer rating of 103. He's got three consecutive years of a passer rating above 103. By the way, in 2019, okay. it was 107. Kirk Cousins is damn good, and he gets so much unfathomable hate. <laughs> by people and i don't get it everybody blames the vikings problems on him when it's not his fault so hey if they're if they're fed up with him i get he's expensive that's the only thing that would deter Mm -hmm. anybody away from trading from him is that he's on my back end of a contract that is pricey which is why i think if you do trade a first round pick you can make minnesota eat some of this contract um that's a possibility I think that I think Kirk Cousins would be a good fit in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I, I would love him in Pittsburgh. The offensive schemes are are kind of the same. You know, you got Najee Harris and Dalvin Cook. You got decent offensive lines. Hopefully, Steelers address that a little bit more. And he'd be going to a team with a much much better defense. So uh, I think he would be pretty happy with that trade. Um, My, otherwise, you know, if he, if they do if they do that and they have the opportunity to take Tyler Linderbaum in the center from Iowa in the first round, they absolutely yeah. should do that. And then if Jahan Dotson is there in the second round, so help me God, if they don't take him and he's there, I'm going to be so sad. I remember a couple of years ago, you remember it was our first year doing the show. Remember who I wanted? J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. You, you slammed the table for that guy. And uh, I did. And the division rival. Oh, that's fine. Hey, they got Najee Harris, which I mean, that's a fine. They, they addressed running back just a year later, which I, I'm fine with. But yeah, I mean, if you get Kirk, I mean, you got Pat Fryermuth, you got Deontay Johnson, got Najee. They're going to revamp the offensive line. By revamp, I mean, they're probably going to, they'll sign minimum one guy. They'll draft another and that'll be their revamp. But in all honesty, like Dan Moore will still start at left tackle. I know I'm going on a Steelers tangent here, but I've got a lot I want to get out. <laughs> and that, and then they'll keep Kevin Dotson at that uh, left guard situation, assuming that they bring back Trey Turner on a team-friendly deal. I just want Tyler Linderbaum because Kendrick Green, all due respect, is awful. <laughs> so, yeah, Kirk Cousins to Pittsburgh, waving the flag. If not, Carson Wentz. Okay. I'll, I'll take him, too. All right. Anybody but Jameis. You're driving the train now. Jameis is going back to New, uh, New Orleans. But the, the quarterback carousel is a story for another day. We did our mock draft. I'm so happy that we did it. Uh, there is so much more draft coverage to come. There's free agency to come. The NFL season may have ended, but it is just starting, my friends. Don't worry. The NFL season never goes away. It takes like a two-week break, and then we're right back at it. So stick around with us uh, for that. We will be covering it as much as we can because we love to do it, and we love that you love that we love to do it. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, lots, <laughs> of, lots of love. 
Uh, so yeah, there's so much to uh, to get into. Obviously, maybe in a week, Kyler Murray will be a Stealer. Who knows? Wouldn't that be Possibly. lovely? Uh, <laughs> and we'll get into all the quarterback carousels and whatnot. I'm going to be doing a bunch of pieces on where certain guys are going to go. I've already done a few pieces on where certain guys are going to go. Um, you know, a few days ago, I said that uh, maybe Kyler Murray go, gets traded to Las Vegas. So we'll see how that plays oh. out. Yeah, okay, sure, why not? Derek Carr for Kyler Murray. Yeah, if, it, if it hits, you look like a genius, so I like it. I do. So, yeah, <laughs> keep up with that. Uh, Gridiron on tap, fan-sided for me, at NFL on Twitter. Um, you know you know the deal with me, football and wrestling, if you follow me on Twitter. Um, oh, yeah. Kurt, where can they find and, you? And hopefully, I, I, I apologize. I know that... Our last trivia bowl, I was I was not there. I was absent, and I apologize. You missed a you missed you I missed know, a hell of a time. And it made me really sad because this entire we love the NFL season, but God, I love the trivia bowl. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun when we're hanging out with all our friends, talking some NFL trivia, NFL history. So it's it's, it's always a great time. And I promise you, I can't promise that I'll be there, but I promise <laughs> you that I will I will make my darndest try to be there at the next one. It's just. My my wonderful work is very it gets me very busy, but I love it. So uh, that's why I missed the last one. I wasn't out partying or anything. I was working. So anyway, don't uh, worry. I, I made me. a note of it at the beginning of the show, which uh, Ben Raven then said, uh, "Important Buffalo Sabers work sounds like an oxymoron." <laughs> wow, thanks, Ben. Okay, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kurt K U R T Hamaser H A U M E S S E R eighty eight. Uh, for like you said, all of our wonderful Buffalo sports, all our Buffalo Sabres, Buffalo Bandits, and one day when the Bills are back, um, all that good stuff. So follow along, have some fun with us, have some fun with us during this offseason, during the draft season and free agency. I cannot wait for it all. Um, so yes, join us right here. Yeah, Trivia Bowl probably won't be, Trivia Bowl 9 probably won't be happening this week. Everybody's in Indy. We unfortunately are not because we are broke, fresh graduated college students with, uh, you know, Kurt's doing a lot of Buffalo-related stuff. Uh, and uh, we didn't really have the uh, the time or the funds to do that this year. It sucks being young and broke, doesn't it, Kurt? It does, but you know what? It's, it's got its perks, and we'll, we'll get there one day. I know it. So uh, Trivia Bowl 9 will be taking place next week. Thor is our current champion, which... My good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll break down what happened actually real quick. We did we did Pictionary like we always do, and there wasn't one that didn't get guessed. They all did really well. So uh, yeah, it was a really fun time. I love it. I love it. It was a good time. So yeah, Thor Nystrom is now a two-time Trivia Bowl champion. He's our reigning champion heading into Trivia Bowl 9, which will take place next week. Um, and then we'll be uh, keeping you updated on all the news, reacting to all the news that happens, whether it be quarterback-related, uh, whenever all these guys decide to you know sign get traded perhaps i mean there's so much going on uh, as there always is so uh yeah we'll be we'll be back with uh gonna try to keep it on the schedule of doing one show like this where we you know cover news and whatnot give our thoughts and then trivia bowl so we're gonna try our best to do two shows a week um and uh you know let trivia bowl rule our content uh because that seems to be what everybody really enjoys and we like doing it it's a lot of fun uh, having our friends just uh, yell at each other for 45 minutes. And it's great. It's awesome. So, awesome. so keep in, uh, keep everything in tune with us. We'll keep it uh, two shows a week with you. We're excited for an off season that hopefully flies by and uh, it's going to be full of uh, some movement, some excitement as it always is. And uh, we we're excited to be able to spend it with you guys. So laces out, Jared Bailey, Kurt Homicer. We will be back next week. See you all then. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
and uh, we'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.